0: The delicious non-alcoholic beverage I'm drinking right now is a blood orange soda from Dry Botanical Bubbly. Blood orange is one of my favorite flavors. And when you drink this, you get subtle hints of blood orange with just the right amount of sweetness. The thing I really like about dry botanical bubbly is when you experience the mix of champagne style carbonation, the nicely designed bottle and branding, and the delicate but complex taste of their sodas, you feel like you're drinking something pretty fancy. So I can totally see myself drinking dry at home after cooking a yummy meal, at a nice restaurant where I want my drink to complement a delicious dish, or simply when I'm hanging out with friends and I want the taste of our beverages to enhance the experience we are having. And with so many yummy flavors like lavender, vanilla, and cucumber, as well as one of my favorites, Rainier cherry, you'll have something interesting and delicious to drink at every type of social occasion. Hi everyone, I'm Marco Salazar and welcome to the For All Drinks Podcast, your place for discovering delicious non-alcoholic beer, wine, spirits, mocktails, and more for leading a fun, healthy, and inclusive lifestyle. On today's episode, we'll be chatting with Sherelle Klaus, founder and CEO of Dry Botanical Bubbly. Dry Botanical Bubbly makes delicious non-alcoholic sparkling sodas that have a wide range of flavors, are lightly sweet, and made with only a handful of ingredients. Dry is also one of the leaders of the non-alcoholic beverage space, providing interesting alcohol-free drinks for over 15 years. I'm excited for you to meet Sherelle and hear about her passion to change the way people drink, connect, and celebrate. Thank you so much for joining us today. Sherelle is a trailblazer in the non-alcoholic beverage space where her and the dry team are providing non-alcoholic drinks perfect for zero-proof partying and social drinking for every occasion. In this episode, we discuss the origins of dry botanical bubbly, how Sherelle wanted to create delicious drinks that elevate what zero-proof beverages can be, as well as provide delicious NA drinks for any occasion, how she worked with leading chefs to learn how to use unique flavor notes to create sparkling beverages that are simple and unexpectedly palate-pleasing, insights into the non-alcoholic beverage industry and sober curious trends and how dry helped create the non-alcoholic beverage category strategies on how we can get more non-alcoholic beverages into restaurants and bars and the impact of covid and how it has led to new innovations to better support the sober curious and non-alcoholic drinking communities so here she is Sherelle from dry botanical bubbly hi Sherelle, welcome to the 4L drinks podcast
1: Hey, it's so great to be here.
0: (laughs) Thanks. I'm super excited to chat with you and all the amazing work that you've done at DRY. And I say work versus just uh, delicious beverages, because you've been around for a long time, and I've heard you on podcasts, I've read about you, and you've really built a foundation for this movement that's rapidly growing within the non-alcoholic beverage and sobriety space. So to kick it off, I'd love for you to just share, where did the idea for DRY come from?
1: Sure. Yeah. I started dry this a little over 15 years ago. And the idea really was I'm a total foodie. I love food and wine and all of that stuff and pairing. And but I also had four kids in a 10 year period. Or actually, I'm sorry, I had four kids in a seven year period. <laughs> Let me be clear. <laughs> and during that time, I wasn't able to drink. So it was really about a 10-year period between pregnancies and nursing. And I felt completely excluded. And I was like, because I loved going out to restaurants, I loved going to dinner parties and events, but there was never anything for me to drink. And I also grew up in a home where there wasn't alcohol; my parents just didn't drink. And so it was really odd to me that now that I was an adult and every place I went, that it had to be wine or alcohol when you were celebrating or dinner. or any, And I thought, shouldn't there be something that pairs with food and makes you feel like you're a part of the event, like you feel included and not like the second class citizen? And so I was like you know what? I'm an entrepreneur. Why don't I create that? This is what I want. And so really the idea was I wanted something I could really drink at a restaurant, to be honest, was like that could pair with food. So I really went with some culinary flavors. My first real thought was basil. I was like, wouldn't basil be amazing? And I'm like, the world's probably not quite ready for a basil drink, but I went with lavender, lemongrass, rhubarb, and kumquat. And those were all very culinary, obviously and the idea of being able to pair with food. And it needed to be in this beautiful bottle so people felt um, really good. So that was the whole idea. And I created it in my house with four little kids running around. My youngest was one and my oldest was seven.
0: <laughs> I love the lavender. It's one of my favorites. And I love mm-hmm. mixing it with a, a lot of different cocktails. So 15 years ago or during this mm-hmm. process, you end up creating this. And how did the market respond?
1: So this was really cool. So it was... Interesting. So my first idea, somewhat naively, was I was just going to go into restaurants, into high-end restaurants, and so I would go. I went into the top thirty restaurants in Seattle in like a three-week period. I went and just met, and it was interesting that if you met with the chef, the chefs got it instantly. They were like, "Yep, that makes sense. I know I have customers that don't drink. I love it. You're making something that can pair with my food." Now on the flip side, the sommeliers, when you called and said, "I want to meet with you," they didn't want to meet with me. They're like, "You're a soda." And I'm like, what I would try to explain? And they're like, yeah, no, I'm the sommelier. And so what what I would do is I'm like, listen, let me explain how this works. Isn't it your job to pair beverages with food? And they're like, yes. And then I'm like, but don't you have customers that don't drink? Yes. And I'm like, so then you're not providing service for all these people. And it was like, they would get it. Then they finally got it. But boy, it was an education with the sommeliers, interestingly enough, whereas with the chefs, it wasn't at all. And so That was really exciting. We went into restaurants and then very quickly, one of the main grocery stores in Seattle QFC, which is part of Kroger, came to us and they're like, what is this? We want this because they'd seen it. I went and did an event. And so we went in, I sold it into, I had to go sell it in store by store to all the sommeliers that they had in store sommeliers. So that was really interesting as well. And it grew really quickly from there. And we got so much customer feedback. Oh my gosh, there's finally someone that's hearing me and seeing me. Like, this is exactly what I've been waiting for. Because for some people too, it's not just about they're not drinking at all, but they they want one drink, not six drinks, right? Like they're at an event or they're at a dinner. So anyway, it was really cool. And we're here in Seattle and the restaurants brought it in. I got it into every single restaurant that I went into, which was amazing. So it told me that we were really onto something. I appreciate that you
0: approached it in with two different aspects. One, the actual taste and the pairing. So it complements the food. But the other you pointed out, which is the tactical experience. I know that Dry has this really nice bottle and the branding is really great. And what made you decide to think about both of those at the same time?
1: Because it had to be the experience. There's a ritual, right? And it's the ritual of coming to the table and opening the bottle of wine and pouring it. When you come over and just put down a glass of soda with a bunch of ice in it, like that was no good. And so we actually, I did wait staff training. I wait, I trained all the wait staff in all the restaurants. And it was like, you tell people the four flavors and how they pair. And we made restaurants take all four flavors too. Cause we're like, cause it's a pairing thing. And then we wanted them served in a champagne flute, open to table side. So it was about ritual and it was about respect, right? R- ritual is such an important part of the socialization of drinking, in my opinion. And it's part of what, I don't know, it's a lot of fun, but it just makes you feel special. So ritual was always super important to me and it had to be both visual and taste. Like you had to have the whole package.
0: And that really ties into the whole inclusion aspect of it, right? Because as you end up ordering, one, typically the default when someone says, do you want to drink is alcohol? And I think that's what you're helping to solve that problem. The second is, as you just pointed out, if someone comes and there's the opening of the wine bottle and the smelling, or even bringing a beer out with a glass, and if you just bring some Coke with ice, that person will feel excluded in that experience.
1: For sure. And that was, for me, it was always... Like that just has to be part of it. And that's that's been part of Dry's DNA from the beginning is that ritual is just as important as the drink itself. So that's why our packaging has always been beautiful. We always ask wait staff to pour it in a champagne flute. We talk to our, even to our customers about how to pair it, like different barware to use, just different fun things like that.
0: And what are other ways aside from drinking it alone, can you use Dry?
1: Interestingly for us, obviously, people started using it as a mixer right away. The bartenders were like, what is that? I want that. And so we started challenging them. Well, can you make even zero proof cocktails with these? That was a little bit later on, I will admit. But so that's a really great way of using dry is dry is an incredible with the flavors and the low sugar. It's a really amazing um, addition to some zero proof cocktails. We are going to be publishing um, the guide to zero proof cocktails. So we're super excited. And it's not just cocktails with Dry. It's all the different things. As we we love the different flavors and working with that. Interestingly, when I first started dry, a lot of the chefs love the different flavors and they were using it like in marinades and cooking and things like that as well, which I thought was funny. But really, I think dry on its own or mixed into a zero proof cocktail is just it's just a really fun thing and it's an easy sort of two step thing, right? Like you can just have a garnish and dry, and then you've got yourself some beautiful.
0: And is there anything different than, say, how you all make your drinks compared to sparkling water or other kind of products out there?
1: Yes. So we have the carbonation style. It's a champagne style carbonation. So that was always really Ah. critical for the aroma and the experience. And then and again, the visual of being able to see all those beautiful bubbles that flow up. We also have different acidity levels with each flavor. So it pairs with different kinds of food. That's always been a part of it. And then it's just the natural extracts that we use. Yeah, there's a little bit of difference there.
0: Gotcha. And I, I think one of the things I'm excited about by everything that I've read and heard with the work that you're doing is there's this new movement that's rapidly growing right now, this sobriety movement, zero yes. cocktails, non alcoholic beverages. And why now? I, I know that you've seen this change over the past 10, 15 years. And why do you think this is happening now?
1: Well, that is a really good question. And I get asked that question a lot. And I don't know that I fully have the answer, but. And what my experience is that is there's a twofold is that people are very focused on health and wellness now. And it's that concept of, I do all these things. I do yoga, I, I eat, I work out in the mornings, I meditate, and then I drink at night. And then I have a glass of whiskey or something like, and it's one of those things doesn't fit. And I think that's one piece is this health and wellness concept of that holistic health, right? Like the, your whole life has to look a little bit healthier. I think a really big piece of it though, and I give a ton of credit to the millennial and Gen Z generation is talking about mental health, Um, a Gen Xer. And mental health was just not something that was really talked about when I was younger. And now I feel like mental health is just, it's an absolutely, everyone is talking about it. It's just as important as physical health. And I think that Your use of alcohol a lot of times has to do with coping skills and strategies. And so I see that people are looking to that. And then, of course, there's always the legalization of cannabis. That's always another piece there, too. But I think it's just become my generation. We had Lindsay Lohan and Paris Hilton getting sloppy drunk. That's just not cool to do anymore. But I give a lot of credit around this health thing, both physical and mental health.
0: Yeah, and, and I also see a lot of parallels of the non-alcoholic beverage movement and sobriety movement, but more than the alcoholic beverage movement Uh, with the vegan and vegetarian Mm -hmm. and even gluten free movement. And and I do this in the context of what you did, which is integrating and having dry available at restaurants and bars. And Mm -hmm. it's starting to happen a little bit more in in a lot of restaurants and bars five, 10 years ago, they may not have had those food options. And now they're starting to have these non-alcoholic beverage options.
1: Yeah. And they're actually putting sections of it in the menus. I used to beg the restaurants, you guys need to have not just a soda, like they would have like soft drinks. It was always soft drinks. Like you need to have an NA situation so that you're making people feel like there's something special here. And we used to ask them to put pairing notes in because we had flavor notes for each of the flavors. And it was like, you need to make this special and make the people feel special. They don't have to just go to the soft drinks portion of your menu. And to see that now is legit the most exciting thing for me, like, oh, it's finally happening. And it's just this collective power of all these different brands that are coming together and really talking about this importance of, it's not just full sobriety, but just the questioning your relationship with alcohol. And that, and I think that question of why does alcohol have to be central to every celebration? Why is that even, because if you think about it, and was actually, this is a quote I heard um, when I was on a panel with someone at Sands Bar was alcohol is actually a depressant. So why do we drink it during a celebration? So anyway, that's where I'm at. And it's super exciting to see that the industry is really starting to come around. It's so cool. And for
0: those that either want to advocate to have a restaurant or bar carry these your type of drinks and or a restaurant or bar owner, what are some of the challenges or kind of objections or things they that, that they don't necessarily want to carry this or they don't think about it?
1: This is just a funny story, but the restaurants used to complain to me. They're like, we don't want to bring you in because our wait staff drink you up. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. I think it's just an education. If you can educate they're not going to say no. If you can truly educate and understand. And one of the things that I ask people who is just ask for what is your non-alcoholic options? Like, and I don't mean soft drinks. What are your non-alcoholic options? And then ask your bartenders to make you a drink. This is how we change minds. I was in a bar in um, Brooklyn earlier this year and I sat down and I asked the guy and he was like, oh, I just happened to make all these different non-alcoholic drinks. They had a whole section. He's like, you know what? This was such bullshit. I didn't want to have to do this. And then he goes, but then I just kept getting asked and asked. And so they had a whole section now. And these cocktails were amazing. And it was like, he goes, I finally get it. I respect it. But it's that thing. Consumers have to ask. If you ask enough, they're going to bring it in. And so I think that's, their thing is always the number one thing that any restaurant always complains about is I don't have space or I don't have whatever. But you're like, yeah, but you got to show them there are real customers that want this and need this.
0: And missing out on a huge swath of the population that simply doesn't drink for a variety of reasons, not just in people in recovery or wanting to be sober curious, but just health reasons, religious reasons. They're sort of just missing a huge part of the population.
1: And then also just that concept of a session extender, right? Don't you want people to keep drinking, but people don't want to drink. They don't want to have to come in and drink for drinks. That's ridiculous. You want to be able to sit, sit and socialize with your friends. And so here's an option that you can still make margin off of these customers and, and keep them going. Because it's like I said, the new generation is not interested in getting sloppy drunk. It's just not going to happen. So yeah. you're trying to educate.
0: Yeah, and you pointed out something interesting about the, the story of the bartender, because I could also see if bartenders think about it as to a certain extent a challenge, like they're yep. forced to create in a different way without these other substances, without alcohol. So can they actually create a really delicious non-alcoholic beverage?
1: Yeah. When I, I did sober October last year, I remember this was my, this is of course before COVID. And so I was out, I went out almost every night just so I could make sure that I was asking bartenders and I'd be like, I want something bitter. I want something shaken. I don't want it. I don't like, I don't want ice in it. Like I really, and, and I tried to get them really excited about it. And it was really fun to see the response and the efforts.
0: What's your favorite flavor. And can you share a little bit about how you mix dry in some of your favorite drinks?
1: So my favorite flavor is lavender. And the reason is because when I first came up with the idea for dry, I had this vision. I remember just laying in bed, like thinking about what it was going to taste like. And I wanted it to be soft and comforting and all the things that lavender makes me feel. And it was so hard to get. It was really difficult to get. I had to do over a thousand tests to get that right. And so I just, I love that drink. And then it also, it pairs really well with chocolate. So that's always really fun. So one of my favorites is I like to take some different shrubs with the different, so some of them are like, I like to do a shrub with vanilla. So there's different sort of flavors and we have some really amazing recipes, but probably one of my favorites is the lavender with some rosemary syrup, just homemade rosemary syrup Mm. with a little sprig of rosemary. It is incredible. So that's probably my favorite one.
0: What do you all have coming up? You've created this core set of drinks, and what are some of the other things that you're looking to do and and expand on?
1: So we have a couple of things coming out next year, which is really exciting, because we haven't done a ton of different innovation. We've done flavor innovations within the Botanical Bubbly line, which we will continue to do. But now we're looking at a couple other really exciting ideas, and not anything I can share quite yet, but be on the lookout because it's we're looking at, again, it's all around how do we bring more options to people in this NA space, the celebration space. And that's the key, right? Is you, you want to have options throughout the day for different events. And so that's what we're going to be bringing to the table, different sort of flavor profiles, different ingredient panels, and just like a whole different lines. It's part of that inspiration is just coming from the whole industry of seeing that like, there's other people out there thinking about the same stuff and, and people like you that are pulling stuff like this together. It's It's really exciting to see. And we're excited to expand Dry's line. I'm really excited about that. So
0: yeah, I could see you have this core foundation and now you can go in different elements of this emerging non-alcoholic space, beer, wine, spirits, and everything in between and inserting yourself and supporting in the growth of each of those. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The whole idea is to support NA. It is to support the non-alcoholic and to support the consumer out there that doesn't want to have alcohol all the time. And we wanna be able to give them a drink for every occasion so they don't have to choose alcohol if they don't want to.
0: So we were talking about this earlier before we started recording about experiences and you pointed out, that's one of the key things that you thought about when it comes to dry. And you had partnered with a good friend of ours, Chris from Sands Bar, on creating these amazing in-person experiences. And now that's switched when it's come to COVID. So how has COVID impacted your the business and how have you had to adapt or, and or innovate?
1: Yeah, so COVID is has really hit where you're like, wow, this is where if you're an entrepreneur, this is where you innovate. And so it's been really fun working with Chris because we were doing these amazing in-person events and him and I were having fun traveling around the country together. So we very quickly pivoted around doing virtual events and how do you create that connection? And we're still working on that, right? We're testing different things, but the the trick is again, it's being able to, to bring in those connections. From a business standpoint, it's really interesting because not to get too technical, but like We now have the opportunity to do much more digital and trying to get to people from that perspective and be able to really explain to them what dry is and around the occasion. But it's also allowed us, it's given us a little bit of time, if you will, to think about how do we better support this whole sober curious community. It's not just about dry and the beverage we're selling how do we support this community? Because our mission from the beginning has been social drinking for all. Like how do we make sure everyone has that? So one of the things we did is we took time to write the guide to zero proof cocktails. I'm not sure we would have done that otherwise. And so now we have that book will be coming out next month, which we're really excited about. We've worked really hard on this to be able to provide, and there, these are lots of different kinds of zero proof cocktails. Some of them have dry, many of them do not, but really work to be able to support the community. Cause I think that's what we want to do. It's like my mission from the beginning hasn't just been about dry. It's about this whole thing. And like, I have this silly, it's not silly, but like this thing where I'm like, okay, in 10 years, I want to walk into a bar and I want the bartender to say to me, do you want your drink? When I order to drink, do you want that with or without alcohol? I don't want cocktail just to always be like, this has to have alcohol in it. And that So it's that vision and how do we keep moving towards that? We're doing lots of different, working with different mixologists and being able to try to just, we're reaching out to a lot of different sobriety groups and how do we better support? How do we better support this whole thing? And then also working with other brands. Like I mentioned, we did a virtual event last week for Sober October where we brought the CEOs and founders of a bunch of other brands together. And that was a really special event for me because I've been drinking some of their stuff like Hairless Dog and Hops Water. I've been drinking these things and it was really exciting to be on a panel with these guys and just be able to thank them for this really amazing beverages that they're bringing to the market.
0: Yeah, I I think it's been in creating for all drinks. It's been really amazing to connect with all these brands and founders and people in the organizations and everybody's so friendly and so collaborative because I think Mm -hmm. they do see an opportunity, not only from a business market standpoint, but also an opportunity to really shift the way that people are drinking and are being intentional and mindful about their lifestyle.
1: For sure. And I think it's going to take all of us people like you and people like Chris and then the different founders of these different amazing groups it's going to take all of us to create this new category of beverage and this is what i was set out to do 15 years ago and honestly i feel like i've been pushing this rock up this hill by myself and all of a sudden everyone's here and that is so fun that everyone is getting it like all boats float right like we all have to do this together or this isn't going to work and i that's why i was really excited to meet you too because i'm like ah oh, i appreciate so much the work you're doing to get this out there. And this is what helps the restaurants start bringing this product in. This is how we get grocery stores to actually make new sets for us that will actually be NA celebration sets. This is how this change is made. And it gets me super excited. And obviously I get really passionate about it. No,
0: absolutely. I love it. I love it. And, and I think the other thing that's really fascinating about this space is that... and what you shared is it was an opportunity for everybody to take a step back. And all of the brands that I spoke to, one of the unique things is with NA drinks, you can ship them versus alcohol. But a lot of the brands before the pandemic thought e-commerce was going to be about 5 10%. And now that's definitely mm-hmm. shifted. How has that impacted you in terms of focusing on in-person and getting it in stores and restaurants versus now people wanting to purchase online?
1: So the good news for us is that we are in like we're nationwide with Kroger and Safeway and things like that. So we can actually utilize their digital platforms, right? They ah. have their they have their click and collect or whatever, their online ways of doing that. So that was hugely helpful for us. But what we didn't have was our own store, like our own direct to consumer. So we honestly are playing catch up with that, and it is challenging because it's liquid is heavy and it's expensive to ship. So it's not necessarily the most yeah. efficient way of doing it but it's what people are going to want. So we were really fortunate because we've been out there to be able to be in all of those different channels. And obviously our Amazon business is up triple digits and all of that's changing. But for us, we very quickly, very quickly put up our e-commerce store and are working on that now. But it's given us opportunity, right, to, we sell kits. We have a Sober October kit. We have a celebration kit and starting to be able to sell those kind of things as well. So it's fun the way we're doing this. It also allows us to do a lot more digital. Like I had said earlier, we have a lot more marketing spend on digital to be able to interrupt that way because we're used to doing big displays in grocery stores, right? That's how you disrupt the customer. That's not necessarily how people shop anymore, right? People aren't going into stores to discover. They're going in and getting out. And that's important to know. And so we have to shift the way that we market and spend. But it is really cool to see all this D2C stuff going on. And we're certainly stepping into that now.
0: Yeah. And I'd love to even take a step back and would love to learn about your background as a whole and how growing up and previous work experience influenced the creation of Dry and what you are doing today.
1: So I've, I grew up very, I've always been super entrepreneurial. I had this really cool entrepreneurial experience when I was like 10, where I was, my dad wanted to have me be a salesperson for him selling Christmas wreaths, but I ended up talking him into being more my partner and I wrote the whole plan and then I went out and sold Christmas wreaths at offices it's this whole kind of funny story but I made money and I was like whoa in fifth grade and I've got 500 bucks and I was like this is amazing <laughs> and and then when Mount St Helen's blew up my mom and I collected ash and bagged it up and sold it and so I oh, have wow. had, I've had these experiences of being entrepreneurial so that has always been inside of me and that I think the key on the entrepreneurial piece is that When you have a vision, you have to be relentless and go after it. And so that's really what has kept me going because I've been doing this a long time. 15 years is a long time to have a consumer branded company that you're building and building, especially when you're trying to build a new category. Yeah. And then prior to that, I also had an internet company in the late 90s that I learned a lot from that experience. So there I learned what my strengths are and what my weaknesses are. But most importantly, I learned that whatever next company I started after that one was going to have to be something I was really passionate about because the other company was a secured internet portal for 10 to 13-year-olds. At the end of the day, I don't really care what 10 to 13-year-olds do on the internet. <laughs> but what I was passionate about is food. And so being able to transfer, that was pretty, that was an important, and it was a really it was difficult because the company failed, so it was painful, but I learned so much from that. And then I had, I got to do dry after that, which has been a success and for the most part, yeah. <laughs> there are missed moments.
0: <laughs> totally. That, but that's the life of an entrepreneur as a business, yes. business owner. What's your favorite part of working and leading uh, dry as CEO?
1: Oh, that's a great question. It really is the team. It's the people I get to work with. It is, it's two things now, because now I get to be really involved with the sober community. And so that part, that came last year when I went on and I met Chris and I did my, my big Airstream tour I did around the US and I was meeting different customers. That part was super fun. I love learning new things. And so I have this incredible team that I work with that teaches me something new all the time. And that collaboration of problem solving is such a high for me. I love that. And how do we, that's the constant question is, how do we move the ball forward towards this mission? We all have this mission for social drinking for all. And it's just like working with different team members to solve these problems because as any of the other beverage people out there know that beverage basically is just one problem after another. It is not a straight line at all. It is one, just one issue after another. And so going into that mindset of you're going to go in and you're just going to be a problem solver, that's really fun. And to do that with really brilliant people, there's nothing better.
0: Yeah. And talk I'd love for you to share a little bit about the people that you work with and what are the type of people that you bring into the organization.
1: Yeah. So what's most important for us is there's two things we're looking for is we want really, we want people that want to move the ball forward, that they're gonna like they're self starters and they're really focused on. I always say there's no stepping on toes at drive. Come in and just make this company better. I don't care if you're coming in as entry level come in and and make the company better. And so that's really important to me. And then we're looking for people that don't have egos so that they can truly collaborate and come together. Because like I mentioned, this beverage industry is just so full of issues and challenges so that when you have, you all have to work together to be able to solve the problems. And so collaboration is really important. We give two awards out each somebody that has really taken just a project and moved it forward, like on their own, figured out how do I improve a process here at Dry and make this better? And then the other one is who's collaborated the best, who's actually pulled in all these different components of the company and worked to solve a problem. So that's really key. And I need really competitive people too. (laughs) We have a fantasy football team at Dry that things are getting a little tense, but I would like to point out that <laughs> I am first in my division, but whatever, that's fine. <laughs> but yeah, it's that's, you need competitive, but you, you can't have a lot of ego and you need people that are going to collaborate. And then just people, we have a lot of fun at Dry. It's fun to have a beverage brand. At the end of the day, it's fun. We get to write the guide to Zero Proof Cocktails. We get to take beautiful pictures. We get to meet with amazing people in the industry and people in the community. So it's, it's fun.
0: Yeah. And where do you see the non-alcoholic beverage industry going? Like in the next one to three years, yeah, where do you see the non-alcoholic beverage industry heading?
1: So my hope for the beverage industry, the NA beverage industry is that we start to see real sets in grocery stores around this. So I know that's pretty specific, but like that's my goal is how do I help bring these other brands in? we go to these buyers and we say, this is the set you need. You have a mixer set, you need to have an NA celebration set. So that's a very specific, tangible goal that I see for the industry. Because I think that the way people shop is different, but I think one of the great things that's happened because of this COVID thing with the change is that you have all this direct to consumer. And my hope is that we can all come together people like you that are doing things like this, that really start to bring in and showcase that the NA is just as important as the alcohol style and that we have all these different options and just getting the word out, right? Building that, again, you're the one doing some of this work is how do we get the word out and let people know? Because I meet lots of people who don't drink and they had no idea all this stuff was out there. And that was part of the fun of doing these sober events with Chris. The tour we were doing was meeting all these people who are like, I had no idea this was all available. And this makes me feel seen and heard. And that's epic. So my hope is that we have really gotten the word out there to people that you don't have to have alcohol at at every celebration or every event. There's all these options out here. And you get to be creative. And zero-proof cocktails are just as viable as a regular cocktail. And they can be even more delicious.
0: And, And I think the other side that's interesting is also... And I've talked with a lot of other NA brand founders, is also just the price point. And it's Mm -hmm. interesting that people equate value with alcohol. Mm -hmm. And really, I I think there's some education, there's some myth busting. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just exposure. I know this is a little tougher in COVID, but also just getting people to taste it. Because I think people tasting five, 10 years ago versus tasting now what's available very much quickly shifts people's perception of non-alcoholic beverages.
1: For sure. Like it's, and I think that's the thing. We're not talking about duels here. There's like really cool stuff that's going on. And I have so much respect for these, these guys out here, like Ritual that are making these non-alcoholic, you know, spirits. Like these things are really cool. And really, it's really difficult to do, but super exciting to see. And I just, I think that respect, the respect that we all need to have for these consumers who don't want to drink at all or don't want to drink as much. Like we got to have respect for those consumers and they deserve the ritual. They deserve the product. They deserve the flavor. They deserve the whole package.
0: What's your vision for drive? What's the long-term vision for the company and the brand where you see it five, 10 years from now?
1: So the vision is that we helped create this category. We haven't created ourselves, but helped create this category that we have an array of different lines of products that meet different consumers needs in the non-alcoholic space, right? Where whatever that may look like. Some people want sweeter stuff, some people want less sweet stuff, some people want bitter stuff. Like we want to make sure that we have done that we've then that's through the brand part, but also through some of these other things that we've done that we've really supported this community and helped them feel like we're out here fighting the fight to make this happen. So that's why I'm so proud of my team for, and the work that we've done on the guide to zero proof cocktails, because that's just step one in making sure that we are getting the word out there. And I have no idea what that's all going to look like, but this year has shown us that the world changes quickly. We need to adapt and we need to do it in a, in a positive way that could even be better than things were in the past. So that's that's my goal for dry. And then of course, I hope to see that there's huge sets in grocery stores and big areas on Amazon and other areas where people are going to be able to shop for their NA celebration drinks.
0: Thank you so much for sharing your story. I I personally want to thank you. This is For All Drinks and the work that I'm doing is a year, we're a year in, but I really appreciate all the foundation that you and your team built to really help, create what's what we're looking to do which is build out key infrastructure opportunities for people to learn and connect and experience this entire new line of non-alcoholic beverages so thank you so much
1: thank you and thank you for the work you're doing it's god we're all in this together
0: (laughs) i hope you feel inspired by the amazing work that Sherelle and her team are doing to expand the non-alcoholic drinks category and be sure to try the lavender and blood orange flavors If you're subscribed to the show, thanks for being part of the For All Drinks community. I'd be super grateful if you can take a moment to leave me a rating, if you enjoyed this episode and the podcast. If you're not a subscriber yet, be sure to subscribe to this and all the other episodes of the podcast to start discovering more delicious non-alcoholic drinks. Lastly, visit foralldrinks.com for show notes to this episode and sign up for our newsletter to get the latest non-alcoholic beverage news, special giveaways, discounts, and more. Here's to drinking healthy, inclusively, and different. See you all next week.